1: Well, welcome everyone. It's Josephine here and I'd like to welcome you to Paying It Forward this week. We have an amazing guest. It's Steve Thornton who um, gave an amazing interview. He helped us last week talk about how to establish the foundation in a business and this week the show is going to be just as amazing. Trust me, you're going to want to stay for the whole hour. Get your pen and your paper out. Take lots of notes. We'll be talking about how to know when and how to scale your business. So, I'm going to give the quick bio on about Steve, and then we're going to get right into the interview. So, Steve is the president of Lead Zillion and the CEO of Expect Success Coaching and Training. Leet Zillion is a pioneer in the rapidly expanding niche of reputation marketing. Steve and his clients help, no, Steve helps his clients build a five-star reputation and then market their positive reviews to their target audience. Steve's clients are regularly reporting a doubling or tripling in the number of new customers they are attracting. Expect success coaching and training partners with small business owners, sales professionals and executives, Steve helps them achieve the highest level of success in their businesses and careers. He has completed between 7,000 and 8,000 paid private coaching sessions. Clients experience tremendous measurable growth. And I I must say, after last week's show, and I know this week's show, you will want to hire Steve as your own personal coach, because he's that amazing. But with that, I'd like to welcome Steve to Paying It Forward. Good morning, Steve. How are you today?
2: Good morning, Josephine. I am doing excellent today.
1: Well, I was so excited about last week's show, and I know this week is going to be just as good as last week. So if it's okay with you, Steve, we're going to jump right on in.
2: That's perfect.
1: Okay. So, Steve, tell us, what does it mean to scale a business?
2: Well, to scale a business is pretty simple. It's to take a business from concept to a true business. That means from a solopreneur, which is one entrepreneur, to now having you know leveraged yourself. And that's every business owner's dream to have other people that are working in the business to you know, be able to have a little bit more time freedom, have, you know, more income and so forth, but scaling the business is taking it and how do we grow it, but position things in the beginning so we can grow it easily versus, you know, having to struggle along the way and keep coming up with different systems and strategies. So to scale a business or build a business that can scale, it's really to really, Put the foundational tools in place, people in place, thought processes in place, so when you grow, it's actually going to be able to sustain the growth and and not crumble as you go from one person to five people, from five people to 25 people. That's what it means to scale a business.
1: Okay. Okay. So, Steve, let's just figure this out. So, we have a solopreneur who's trying, who realizes that now they've got the foundation for the business on their own. So, now they want to start to hire people. What is your suggestion? I mean, do they start out with an assistant first, train that person, and then start going? to the next level of maybe hiring an expert in sales or like, how do we do it? We'll take me for an example, Steve. I always kind of do this with my listeners because they've been taking the steps along with my Glovius business. So I have hired a lot of experts out there. So I subcontract a lot of stuff, but the business is starting to really ramp up and grow. So do you suggest the first thing to do is maybe hire a personal assistant, hire somebody to take care of the mundane stuff that I do so that I can really focus on the vision of the business?
2: You know, it can be, and many times it is. So, again, like with anything, I've learned in the way that I approach growing companies and with all of our clients and even our own companies, there's not one size that fits all or one answer on on what are the first steps. But many times what you just described could be the first step to get an assistant to help take, you know, a lot of the, you know, mundane things and things that, that yes, they have to be done, but they're not high-level things. So that can be. So that is one of the steps. What I would say, you know, many times we have to do that so we can do what I'm getting ready to share with you that is absolutely so important is we have to plan, have a plan on how we're going to scale. And what I mean by that is I'm such a believer in systems and strategies. We have to have our systems in place. And sometimes we're so busy as a solopreneur, I'm doing everything. I'm doing everything. I won't go into all the things. We all know what it is. It's everything. Right. And so, then it's going, okay, wait a minute, I don't have enough time to put this plan in place. But if you just hire a salesperson and say, go sell, well, how are you going to teach them about the business? What reporting is going to be in place? What are the scripts they need? What is the you know, process? Where are they going to prospect? How are they going to get their leads? On and on and on and on. You know, it's, it's taking the time to go, well, wait a minute. No, we're going to break that down into here's exactly what's happening with that salesperson, and and you know putting these strategies in place. But it needs to be the same scenario if someone's producing it with your accounting, or accounts payable or accounts receivable. Uh, receivable. It doesn't have to be complicated. It could be something. It's almost like a recipe. Let Let's make it really simple. Okay. If I wanted to bake a cake, I need a recipe. If I have a recipe, and I'm not a chef by any means, but I can bake a cake, I can do something because I can follow a recipe. Well, we need to have a recipe for every aspect in our business. And so sometimes someone's so busy and they're so overwhelmed, I can't put that recipe in place. Well, maybe we need to hire an assistant so we have the time to, or maybe we hire an assistant to Pay to do that for us, or maybe we hire an outside professional to put that recipe together. Whatever it is, to scale a business, before we just go hire people and people do this. And I did it all the time: is you go out and you just hire someone to do something, but there's no strategy in place or no system, and so they're operating it maybe 25, 50 percent, even 60 or 70 percent efficiency. Well, now you're paying a lot of money that is just going down the drain. So Yeah, and the there's nothing more
1: frustrating than to watch that because I'll tell you, if you're not organized, Steve, as a small business, you know the money that we have. It's blood, sweat, and tears, and if you have somebody that's not working to full capacity – I mean, for me personally, it just turns my stomach – but I'll tell you what I did in my situation for the past month. I have been writing a list of all the things that I have been doing. And at the end of the week, I highlight everything on my list to do that I could hand over to a personal, you know, an assistant. And that seems to have helped a little.
2: Well, and, and that's a really good point. And I love what you said, uh, because that's where we start. We have to get it out of our head and on paper and, and that's one of the, the key ingredients. We even talked about it last week. And I would say there's not, uh, again, just a, a specific way. Many in today's world, many times I will recommend, again, a virtual assistant. Maybe someone that's really good at certain aspects and you're not paying them full-time wage you may pay them a little bit more per hour, but they're working 10 hours a week or 20 hours a week or whatever that may be. But they have very specific roles for you. And again, they're really good at that's their business. And so sometimes a virtual assistant, which means someone that is not showing up, they can be out of the state. They can be wherever they are located, but they're really good at certain things. Now, other times, someone needs to have someone write their hands-on at their office for you know, different reasons, depending on what their business is. So, again, there's not a one-size-fits-all, but an assistant is a great place to start, but we want to maximize their time and, and the money we spend. Right.
1: So, Steve, because you work with so many clients, can you give us an example of what's the best use of a b- virtual assistant?
2: Well, uh, let's, let's say if someone knows they need to have for their database, their clientele, their potential prospects, they want to have a newsletter that goes out every single week to them. And they know it, they're committed to it, but they're just so busy, they never take that time to write that newsletter. Well, you can hire a marketing assistant or a copywriter or someone for just a set fee to make sure that that content Is written for you. You can give them the ideas, you can have them write it, you can give them feedback, but you know week after week after week that marketing piece is going to go out. But now you're paying for that very small segment of time for that virtual assistant, and we call it assistant. In this case, it might be a marketing assistant, or it could be you have someone that is going to call all of your leads for you and schedule an appointment. That is their job. They're the appointment setter for every lead that comes in. Because again, you know how critical and important that is. You can have someone that they're really, really good at that, and that is their one task for you. So again, there's not just one way. It's, It's looking at the whole big picture. What do we need to have done? And then finding resources that can do that for us. And again, having checks and balances in place to make sure they're doing effectively and efficiently. But it's it, that's kind of a, a couple of examples.
1: Oh, that's perfect. And I know that these are real viable things that every business owner can probably adapt. So that's wonderful. Um, I can't believe it, Steve. We're already done with our first segment of today's show. But I'm looking forward to learning more about The importance of planning on how and when to scale your business. So everyone stay with us. We have a great show today with Steve Thornton. We'll be back shortly. Thanks, everyone.
0: We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirossi, right after these on Toginet.com.
3: Have you heard?
0: From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Giurassi on toginet.com.
1: back everyone. It's Josephine here and I have Steve Thornton with us. So back to scaling your business. So Steve, the next question I have is, how do you know when it is time to scale your business?
2: That's a great question. And depending on someone's vision and what they want to create, that's going to, there's a lot of factors that will go into it, but really what are you trying to create? If you're trying to create a, you know, certain picture, then you need to know how are you going to create that. But getting back to more practical uh, steps, if you want to call it, how do we know when? Typically, it's when we can't do any more ourselves. We're stuck. We're we're not able to really fulfill our commitments anymore, or we're working around the clock to fulfill the commitments. And, you know, it also is, do we have enough cash to do this? Do we have enough revenue that we can now pay somebody to do the things we don't want to do? Many times we, you know, as entrepreneurs, if you aren't funded, if you don't have lines of credit or you don't have something else and you're doing what's called bootstrapping, and a lot of entrepreneurs do that. And I'm not saying that's the way that it should happen. It's nice to have reserves and and money sitting there so we can hire people and do things. But all of these kind of go into the decision. Do I have enough time to keep fulfilling? Do I have enough resources to pay them? Do I also have the systems, if I'm going to scale in and start hiring people and start growing my business with more people and more resources, do I know what I'm going to have them do? Are are they outlined? Do we have those systems identified? So someone has to look at all those factors, and once you say, yep, I have, I know what I'm going to do, I have the resources, and I know what the person I'm going to bring on very specifically, what they need to do, then I would say it's a great time to scale in that particular area.
1: Okay, that's perfect. That all truly, truly makes sense, because as soon as the people start your new employees arrive on the job you know it's better for the employees too you know Steve I can remember throughout my career arriving the first day and it was kind of like nobody quite knew exactly what my schedule was for the day and that's kind of a scary feeling for anybody so it's great as entrepreneurs to be that successful um you know, to have that first day when the employee arrives, that everything's already planned out, and they have the big picture, they know what the big picture is, and they know exactly what is expected of them. So, I think it turns into a win-win for everybody.
2: Completely agreed. And and I'll um, just use if if I could for this example is with Lead Zillion, my partner Dave. Uh, Dave Toma, who is absolutely brilliant in so many different ways, and, and he's got so many strengths that I don't have, and vice versa. He, he's, he is. He's really brilliant in a lot of things. Well, together, even before we started hiring salespeople, here's what we did we basically had the right CRM program set up, we had the leads into the CRM program. We had trainings that we recorded doing screencasts to where when people, you know, we hired someone, they could watch and say, here's exactly how I put a new contact into the CRM program. What do I need to do when I, um, you know, talk to someone? Where do I put the notes? But we had very simple trainings on even installing it uh, or, you know, we have recording tools like Skype, making phone calls through Skype, recording their phone calls but the point is we put all of that in place, every bit of it, and, and is thinking it through, saying, okay, now once they have the appointment, the salesperson, how do they schedule it with myself or Dave or one of our senior people? How we, so we have the, the tool in place that they can see their calendar and schedule it right then and there. Once they schedule the event on the calendars, there's automatic responses that will go out with emails reminding the person. But the point is we thought through the process of how are we going to do this and put step-by-step-by-step in place before we brought a salesperson on. And when someone would say, well, how long did that take? It maybe took two weeks of intense focus, and we had our systems in place. But we wanted to do that before we brought someone on, and we had salespeople said, how long have you guys been in business? Uh, I have never seen anything like this, that, that we have the scripts, we have the, you know, the processes in place. And I can tell you that I wish I could say I took all the credit for it, but it was myself and Dave and Dave doing a lot of putting these systems in place.
1: Yeah, it simply makes sense. And it turns into a big corporate, you know, manual right? I mean, every system in there becomes your corporate manual. So there's never a question as to, you know, if somebody does something wrong, they can just go right, it's all written right there for them so that they can review it. I think it's great. And it kind of makes everybody accountable for their positions, right, Steve?
2: Uh, Absolutely. And and if not, people are confused and And if we're confused, we're, and I can tell you for me personally, if I don't have a track to run on, I am very ineffective and I don't even feel good inside. It's like, wait a minute, where am I going and how am I going to get there? And I'm not alone. We're all like that. If we have a track and we say, well, wait a minute, now I know, again, that recipe, what to do, it's like, can you create a great enchilada dinner for someone and they go, well... I don't even know where to start with that. What? How would I do that? I have no clue. If they didn't have a track to follow or a recipe, how are they going to do that? So you're right. And then now that we know and they know what's expected, now we can hold them accountable to do what they said they would do. If not, what do we hold them accountable for? To show up? To try? <laughs> right. What are no. Do? <laughs>
1: You're so, so right. I think that this is super, super important. And um, I don't know about you, Steve, but in a blink of an eye, I look at the clock and cannot believe the entire day is gone. And it's just so important. A lot of times on my show, I talk about the importance of being productive. And if somebody is kind of like, not sure as to what they're supposed to do. It's just a waste of time for everybody. And like you said, for that individual too, they don't feel good about themselves. I, I think everybody wants to feel like they're being productive and adding something to the whole entire, you know, piece to the puzzle.
2: And so, and again, what you're saying is is spot on. And I've made this mistake. I mean, I'm preaching what I... Try to practice now, and I do very well at practicing. And we, as a company or companies, do that now. But there were times when I didn't, and I something popped into my head I hadn't thought about in years. But I remember a time we were pretty effective. But I hired someone new so we could grow. We were at capacity, and we didn't have everything outlined. We didn't do what I'm telling you to do right now. And many, many months later. We were actually at the exact same level, but we had another mouth to feed or another salary, so to speak, and no increase in productivity. It wasn't that person's fault. It was my fault. As the business owner, I didn't give that person a track to run on, and there wasn't accountability, and so shame on us. We wasted that entire salary.
1: Yeah, but you know what, Steve, just by what you're saying shows me part of your success is the fact that you take responsibility for your position, and that is so impressive because it's true. As business owners, we have to take the responsibility, and we all make mistakes, but the fact that, you know, you're so honest with yourself that, you know, you learn from it, and that won't happen again, but but it's great. So, you didn't turn around and Fire the person because it had nothing to do with them. You just created the system that then eventually ended up working. So thanks for being so honest with that. That's great. So, all right. We talked a lot about scaling your business. Is there ever a time that someone should not want to scale their business?
2: And I would say absolutely yes sometimes, you know, there, there's sweet spots in businesses. And one business may operate phenomenal with a team of, let's say, four or five people, and you are at a level that you're very profitable, you have plenty of time, you have plenty of money, your customers are happy, you have developed those relationships, and everything is going well. And it also, let me back up, it could be someone that hey, I want my business. My vision is to have me and an assistant. It's more of you know a smaller, like a solopreneur with maybe two or three people. And if that's what someone's vision is, they need to do that very effectively, very efficiently, but they may not want to have this huge, incredible business. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's a great business. That's employing one or two people. That's helping them. The customers are happy. So We have to look at our visions. We have to look at where we're going to know what we're creating. And then even if someone has a really large business, many times to go from one level to another level, if someone's not willing to go through that transition, and what I mean by that is it may be super profitable at five or ten people, but from 10 to 25 is not real profitable, but from 25 to, let's say, 100 people, it becomes super profitable. Well, that may be different strategies. And certain people can grow a business to one level, but they don't have the skill sets to take it to the next level, or they don't have the resources. And I'm talking about the software, the communication tools, the, you know, the the things that it takes to take it from a small business to a medium size or a large business. So it kind of determine, you know, is determined by someone's vision of what they want. And if you're not willing to pay the price to go to that next level, or if you haven't figured it out to begin with, what is it going to take? Don't try to keep scaling until you say, well, wait a minute, we've reached this level. Now, kind of like what we talked about early on, what is it going to take to go to that next level? There needs to be getting that expert advice, getting those resources put in place to go, we're here, to go to here, we're going to have to change. And so if someone does not want to do that, there's nothing wrong with keeping it at a certain level.
1: Yeah, I have a friend like that, Steve, that he's just adamant about running his business with himself He subcontracts out a lot. And I always say to him, you're so successful. You do such a great job. Why don't you take on a partner and go out and instead of doing three jobs, you can do 10 jobs. And he always said to me, he said, you know what? Once you take on a partner, it changes everything. And I have to make twice as much money just to get to where I am right now. So perhaps that's an example of somebody that he just has in his mind. He does not want to scale his business. And like you said, it works for him and he's happy. So that was, that was a great explanation as to, you know, why somebody should not want to scale a business. So, all right. We are on. We're going to take a quick break. We're halfway through this show. And when we come back, we have more to talk about with Steve Thornton about scaling your business. So we'll be right back, everyone. Stay with us.
0: We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirossi right after these on
2: toginet.com. Hi, everybody. This is Pete Six of Beatles and Beyond. Why don't we all come together and hear some of the tracks off the latest Beatles release on this radio station. Why don't you look up the schedules on this radio station and join me and Beatles listeners everywhere to hear the latest releases from the Beatles on Beatles and Beyond with Pete Dix.
0: Mark Lipinski is coming to TogiNet. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. A live two hour show Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 Central on TogiNet.com. Creative Mojo. It's fun, entertaining, informative, inspirational, and illuminating. Lipinski has worked on such shows as Oprah, The View, The Joan River Show, and Ricky Lake. He's busy, but he's got the drive to share with Creative Mojo, dedicated to the modern crafter and crafting lifestyle. Dive into the info and enjoy everything from celebs to entertainment news to recipes, quilting and needlework, knitting, painting, woodworking, Christmas crafts, and so much more. This show boldly encourages you to discover and harness your own creative spirit by living creatively every day. For more on Mark and the show, check out MarkLepinski.com. Don't miss the fun. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lepinsky. Wednesday afternoon, starting at 3 to Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on toginet.com. Well,
1: welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine here. We have Steve Thornton with us. So Steve, getting back to talking about um scaling businesses. Could you give an example of a business that was built scalable and one that was not built scalable?
2: Absolutely. Uh let's start with a business that was built scalable. It, one of our clients, they they're brilliant in what they do. They support a certain very high-end software. And a very unique, very niche business, but the software is used in hospitals, it's used in universities and the public forum, and and it's just, you know, it's many millions of dollars if someone purchases the software. Well, their business is to support that software. And when they first started with me, they'd been in business for a couple years, and, you know like a lot of entrepreneurs struggling and not doing, you know, very well just to put it out there. And so what we started to do is we started to build their business on a scalable platform. And what I mean by that is with how are they going to grow when they do go get many, many, many more clients, what do they need to do to handle this volume that we're going to bring in? So it's To give you a for instance, you can use tools. There's tools like um, Trello is a really good tool. But there's a lot of them out there that you can say, when I bring a client on board, what is going to be the onboarding process? And you put them in one column and someone does their job. When they're finished with their job, they move it to another column, which identifies the next people in the list. Hey, it's ready for you to do your portion and when it's moved from there. So you can do this in so many different ways. Uh, Trello's just one, but there's many ways to do this. But they have been working on, when they onboard their clients, exactly how they onboard them, what are the systems and strategies, and then also, once they have a client onboarded, how do you make sure you have daily, weekly, monthly systems in place that you can go through and say, Daily we do this for our clients, weekly we do this, or monthly or quarterly, whatever it may be for your particular business. But if you have those in checklist, if you have those in some sort of a format, and then there's accountability to make sure those are done, now you can take someone that is good, they're, you know, very smart, they're intelligent people, and you can put those people in place to basically, you know, fulfill that job now and they know what that job is but there's accountability built into it and again there's that track like we keep talking about to scale a business is in place so it's not just knowing what to do but now there's accountability and if something has stayed in a, a certain column so to speak or a certain segment of your business for too long there should be a safeguard to know that So, again, so things don't slip between the cracks. So their business, from bringing on customers, they have been awesome at doing that. We've also worked at, really, their sales force. The same thing I mentioned, what we've done with our company, we did with their company. Same strategies. And it's remarkable when someone comes on board, here's the tools they use. The training on their CRM program. How do they move someone through the pipeline An opportunity, but simple, short little trainings, very well done. So now they don't have to redo those trainings over and over and over and over that, quite frankly, would take them 10 times. If they hired 10 people, it would take them 10 times. But because we thought it through, now they did the training one time. They don't have to invest their time 10 more times, which an entrepreneur doesn't have the time. And so you're training this person, you're training someone else, you're training someone else. And, you know, it just very, very difficult to scale because you don't have enough time or a track for people to follow.
1: Well, so I love an that idea of short training, um, Steve, because now with the way the cell phones can take videos, I mean, it just to stick with the whole concept of keeping things simple. How easy is it for any entrepreneur to really just flick that little video camera on and give short segments of what their day is like. So if somebody has to step in their place, they can do it so easily.
2: Oh, video people love videos and like even how to use a software, you can send something to someone in writing and that's good. But you show them and they're watching, oh, I see how to do that. It's very effective.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's a great idea. I didn't think of that. That's great. So, all right. So that's a good example of how to scale, you know, a scalable business. What about a business that's not scalable?
2: Well, let me give you an example of a business that's not scalable. And basically... This is something that um, is very common. And I'm going to use an example of a client, and we're working really hard at changing this and have. But her business was not built scalable, which means, and she's a real estate agent, but she has a team. And has, you know, and and very does a lot of volume and a lot of business. But what has not happened in the past was there was not that training for her Uh, you know, executive assistant or her client care manager or the other salespeople on the team. Now, a lot of it is in place now, but how it was built is she had a certain assistant that could take her to a certain level that just because of the skill of that assistant, hired a a good assistant, but could go so far. Hired another assistant that this assistant was levels above the, the last one, just knowledge and expertise and just really, really sharp, But that person did not put in place the recipe, the roadmap, or we can call it the policies and procedures. There was no track. And so when that person left and with a business, we, and by the way, she was there for many, many years, but when she decided to leave, there was no track. Well, this client of mine had to then go out and hire someone again. Now, talking about a painful process, going through step by step by step, how all of the things are done, trying to do the sales, do everything that it takes to run a business, and train someone. This person is, you know, or was putting, you know, hours and hours and hours and just around the clock, no time off. Seemed like they were working 24-7, and the only time they, they stopped was to, you know, and that's about it. Sleep and eat. But the reality is the person did never, they, they kept doing that year after year, person after person, never put in place the systems. So the systems could do a lot of the heavy lifting. It was always her doing the heavy lifting. So that's an example of not building a scalable business.
1: Yeah, it sounds really, really exhausting. And, uh, It just doesn't, I I hate to say it, I think a lot of entrepreneurs out there are doing it, Steve, and I just, I've witnessed it. You can actually, I can pretty much size up somebody pretty quickly, whether they have their systems in place. And I, I have that picture in my head of you sitting down for the two weeks doing that system and I'll bet you halfway through it, were you thinking to yourself, my God, I hope this isn't a waste of time. And you plow through it. And after doing it for two weeks, I'm sure you didn't realize the magnitude of everything you accomplished until you really had to use it. Am I right, Steve?
2: Well, not with the systems I told you that we did with LeadZillion, but you're 100% right that we've I've made this mistake before. What I'm describing is me as a young entrepreneur. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I I I I could imagine. (laughs) Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: No, I couldn't imagine. I just look at myself that I'm getting ready to to bring on people and everything. And I just say to myself, I know that those systems have to be done, but I have so much other stuff I'm working on. What am I gonna do? Not do my what's on my list of things to do today to do that. But like you said, you just it's an investment in your business, is what it really is. And it's an investment that will pay off probably tenfold or whatever, a hundredfold once the system is set in place. I don't know. Does that make sense to you, Steve?
2: It it makes perfect sense. And, And what your original question, you said, you know, is that how, that's not how I do it now, but that is how I did it for much of my entrepreneurial career is I also made this mistake. I trained someone, got them up and going, but I wasn't recording. I wasn't documenting because I was so busy with other things. And then that person moves on, they do whatever, and you go, oh, now I have to do it again. So I've, all of these tips, I've also made the mistake.
1: (laughs) Okay, great. So, um, but we've learned from them, and which is the important part. So, all right, we have, um, we, we don't have that much time left to this segment, but let's just, is there any way you can just give us, what are the steps in scaling a business? I feel like we've done it, but do you want to just give a quick synopsis of that, Steve?
2: Sure, and I think you're absolutely right. We've been covering the steps. The very first step and and you know is what are we going to build, and that always comes right down to it. What's that picture? what's that vision? But then when we understand that it's and we talked about this last week on the fundamentals, but to scale it, then we basically put our plan together on how am I going to scale the business? So you, you need to know where you're going. You need to then work your way backwards, put your goals and your plans in place. And then you need to really, once you have that, it's again, put a recipe in place. So the step would be once you know where you're going, your goals and plans, and part of your plans are, you know, what steps do I need to put in place So I can. So with marketing, what do I need to do to bring someone on to handle my marketing? What do I need to do to bring someone on to handle sales or accounting or whatever the other aspects are you want to replace yourself? So to put those things in place as a recipe, here's exactly how I want it done, and then you either put it in writing and or do a training, uh, video training, Uh, It can be a screen capture with PowerPoint, but do some sort of a training to where people can see exactly what they need to do.
1: Perfect. Okay, that's wonderful. Well, we um, are going to take a really quick break, and when we come back, we have Steve Thornton, who's going to give us five amazing business tips. So we'll be right back, everyone. Hang with us.
0: We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi, right after these on Togginet.com. Girlfriended is on Toginet Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, with your hosts, Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. This show is your chance to share, learn, laugh, and connect with other women. And then be a part of Girlfriend It, the radio show, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central.
1: You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to and like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to have somebody that you
0: go, she gets me. Check out the website, girlfriended.com. Don't miss Girlfriend It with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R dot com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girassi on toginet.com.
1: Everyone, it's Josephine here, and um, Steve, I'd like to give you the opportunity to take the floor for a, a few minutes just to tell my listeners how they can get in touch with you if they have any questions.
2: Sure. The best way is either email or reach out with a phone call, either way. My direct telephone number is 928 525 9690 9690 or you can email me at steve at lead and that's l-e-a-d-z-i-l-l-i-o-n.com and i will get back with you as quickly as i can
1: perfect thanks so much steve all right so let's um, talk about your first business tip that you'd like to share with us, even though I feel like we've gotten about a thousand of them already between last week and this week. But what's your favorite one that you'd like to share with us, Steve?
2: Well, since it's a series, um, I could share because my favorite ones, and I'm going to mix it up real quickly, but we have a lot of the foundational ones we talked about last week, which are so critical. And I could do those every segment and do a justice, but one thing that that I will say is tip number one, and I'm going to use the same first tip, is have, and I'm going to combine three of them though, have your visions, your goals, and your plans in writing, and make sure that you are reviewing those. I'm going to use that as tip number one today, that you know where you're going, you know the plans, you know what you're going to do to get there. You have it out of your head, you have it in writing, you have a track to run on. So I would say that's absolutely always tip number one.
1: I love that. And we've talked about that track that it's so important. Okay. Business tip number one. Have your vision in mind. Okay, tip number two.
2: Tip number two is we haven't talked about this yet, and I, I want to put it out there is a passionate purpose. What's your why? Why are you doing what you're doing? You need to be passionate about it. And you can probably tell I'm passionate about helping entrepreneurs. I absolutely love coaching and training. I love helping entrepreneurs get all the leads they can possibly handle and learn how to convert those leads into clients. I'm passionate about it. I know how difficult it is to be an entrepreneur, and there really is nothing I would rather be doing than helping other entrepreneurs succeed. I'm passionate. There's things... There's reasons. The the passion is the why. Why do you do this? And I do it. You know, my why it has changed over the years. My passionate purpose used to be for my family, so I could support and provide for my family. And I've been very fortunate to have been able to do that. And and really, we have a very close family. Even though, uh, you know, we have young adult children, we are so close. It's it's not even funny, and it's awesome. Oh. But that's that was so a big...
0: sweet. <laughs> <Go
1: ahead. laughs> Steve, that's so, so nice because I have to tell you, as important as it is with business and doing everything, I just had this conversation yesterday with somebody and I said, you know, I could get my biggest account for Glovies. And if I am not sitting around the dinner table with my husband and my three kids eating a home cooked meal, I feel like a failure, Steve. And <laughs> it goes, it goes into being passionate about, about your business. But we seem very similar where it's our family that really matters and comes first. And it's just how great is that, that you can really say this about your, your adult kids. They're adults now, right? They're they young are. adults. And I'll,
2: I'll <laughs> tell you a part of the reason that that we even built our business and my wife prayed about this she prayed for you know quite some time saying how can Steve work out of the house and be here with our family and not have to travel and do other things so much and the the funny thing is we and and I'm just saying this so we are so fortunate we never had any issues with our kids we didn't have teenage issues we didn't have we sowed a lot of seeds into our our family and that's a big part of for me my vision is success with our family and that's one of the reasons i had to be successful in our business so i could provide for them so i could have the time i mean i remember and this sounds pretty bad but i was having or i chose i didn't have to but i chose to work out of town and i missed a couple of my son's basketball games when he was you know playing basketball and I was always there for everything, I remember bawling like a baby because I couldn't be there to support him. and going, how crazy is this? And, and so, you know what, I made a change and said, no, nope, it's not worth it. I, I can't continue to do this because it is that important. That's the passion that you have to have. Why are you doing what you're doing? So if you don't have that, if you don't know why, you're not going to be driven to go through all the challenges as an entrepreneur.
1: I love that. And I have to tell you, Steve, when we were talking, I think we were talking last week and even, you know, business tip number one about having your vision. I think it's so important. Like if you can create that vision board, I think it's wonderful. But, uh, you know, a lot of my listeners are mom entrepreneurs. A lot of times that vision board really needs to be a co-mingling of the personal life with the business life. Do you think, like, it's bad for me to say that, Steve? But as women, we we tend to I, – I think we're juggling a lot more where we have that full responsibility of the kids if our husbands are out working. You know, that's just – I'm just throwing it out there. I know Shark Tank, you know, gives a lot of mom entrepreneurs a hard time because they're out there to say business is business. It's all about business. Figure out what you're going to do with the kids. we It's all about the bottom line and everything. But reality is, I'd rather it take me a little longer to get to where I need to be in my business, knowing that I've got the foundation set for my family as well and my children.
2: Well, I am completely in agreement. And I, just so you know, I coach and train. And so a lot of those thousands of sessions about half of them are with women entrepreneurs. So, and many times it's a single mom. It's, you know, and they don't even have a, a husband to help them. And I am so amazed. I'm so fortunate that my wife and I balance each other out in so many ways. But the point is, you know, yes, you do have to commingle. And anyone that says, no, business is about business. Well, I can tell you they, in my opinion, are not a success. Success... You can have all the money in the world, and yet you've been divorced, and your kids don't love you, and they don't know you, and you you have really harmed them. That, to me, is not success. Success is is being able to, yes, have the finances, have that solid business, but also have that balance. Without that, I don't look at someone as successful because they've made a whole lot of money. Yeah,
1: I think you're so right. I was recently reading an article about um, a woman's CEO. She actually, it's the CEO of Coca-Cola Company. I, if I'm not mistaken, that, that's that's who the article was written about. But she was talking about how she is a CEO of an international corporation and she's driving home at ten thirty at night and her husband is like texting her don't forget to pick up the milk and she's like i'm running international companies but what was important was that she had to bring home milk for her family you know <laughs> it's reality it's funny you know but all right so steve we'll move on to business tip number three
2: uh, and I again, we're talking about this on the next next two segments. But business tip number three is the reason I put it out there right now is it's the sales and marketing. Just because that is the number one thing I see people struggle with, and and many entrepreneurs. I'm not a salesperson. Well, we are. We're all salespeople. We have to sell ideas to our family, to managers, to staff, to what sales is not taking advantage of someone. We need to understand what sales and marketing really is. And we need to become masters if we're going to be strong entrepreneurs of sales and marketing. So not to go into that too much today, because I know we have that coming up, but that is a tip that I I will just tell you, anyone, if you only catch this segment, make sure that you do keep working on your sales and marketing skills.
1: Okay. That's super important. Okay, perfect. So we'll go on to tip number four, Steve.
2: Tip number four is I'm going to talk about the internal. And we haven't even talked about this on any of these, and we won't be talking about it a lot. But when I'm coaching people, I say internal and external. On your program, we're talking a lot about the external. We talked a little bit a few moments ago about that passionate purpose. But another tip is that confidence. Do you know that you know that you know that you know you're going to be successful? Even if you fail now, is it that internal belief there? Or are you riddled with guilt, with fear, with doubt, with worry, with whatever it may be? The internal struggle is just as important as all the external things. And I've had client after client over the years say, Steve, you sound more like a counselor right now than a business coach. Because we're dealing with their personal issues or their internal issues, whatever it might be. And my comment back to them many times will be, does it matter? Have you just doubled your business? And they go, yeah. I said, does it matter that I sound like a counselor? And they go, well, no. And the How point funny
1: is, is some- that? But it's true. Uh,
2: absolutely. And some people don't need that as much, but some people do. And we all are at different segments. So the tip, you know, number, are we on three or four? Well,
1: we just, uh, tip number four was internal, external. Do you want to go to tip five?
2: Well, and and, and, uh, tip number four is fine, but um, just for a moment to wrap that up. But the internal, I will tell you, if we don't have that going, if we don't have emotional intelligence, if we don't have our own internal dialogue and emotions going, you know what, you're probably not going to be super successful as an entrepreneur. So I'll just wrap it up with that.
1: That's perfect. And I agree with that so much. Because if your head is not on straight with a clear mind with everything happening at home, it's so hard. How do you come with a cluttered mind and start your business, your work day? So that's a great tip. Um, did we have five, um, the fifth business tip?
2: Sure. The fifth business tip is what we talked about today. And that's, Having your systems in place, being organized and having everything in place so you can scale, so you can replace yourself. In my opinion, again, a business is not a business if it's just you. And if you leave, the whole business goes away. That's a high-paid job. And there's nothing wrong with a high-paid job. You know, we can do, you know, say it's our business And, like, we work for a business, and our business is selling our time. Well, that is good for a certain aspect, and we can, if if that's what someone chooses, there's nothing wrong with that. You can make a lot of money at a lot of high-paying jobs. But a true business is building it to scale, to replace yourself, having systems in place to basically have that recipe for everything. And even if you choose to do most of it yourself, That would be business tip number five. Make sure you have your systems in place.
1: Wonderful. Well, with that, we are wrapping up in another incredible show with Steve Thornton. Steve, I can't tell you, I am absolutely thrilled. That was um, series two next week. We have series three coming up, how to get sales so you have a thriving business. So everyone, you'll definitely want to tune in to next week's show. So thank you so much, Steve. And everyone, have a wonderful, productive week, and I'll see you next week on Paying It Forward. Thanks again, Steve.
0: Thank you for being a part of Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on Tugginet.com. This show is dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. Each week, we'll be discussing accomplishments, lessons learned, both good and bad, and sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to mymomknowsbest.com. And for more great ideas, information, tools, tips, and tricks in life and in business, join us next week for more Paying It Forward with Josephine Gerassi Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, on toginet.com.